Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome to Security and Secure, a podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest this week started as an Irish dance champion at school before becoming one of the stand-up stars of Love Island back in 2019. Now, you'll know her originally as a staff cast and more, before she coupled up with last year's Security and Secure guest, Anton Danielak, in the series that was won by Amber Gill and Gregor Shear, and it also had, obviously, Molly May and Tommy in. Now, away from the show, with one million Instagram followers, she's a successful makeup artist who spreads body positivity around her social media platforms. And from a personal note, the reason we became friends is literally down to comparing our Chinese takeaways. That's all we did. We got excited. We built a friendship because we both enjoyed a Chinese takeaway, although she says that chicken wings are part of the Chinese order. I don't know. But joining me on Security and Secure today is the brilliant Belle Hassan. Hello, Belle. Hi. Chicken wings and a Chinese takeaway. I don't know. Listen, chicken wings are the best. A little salt and pepper chicken wing, that's all you need. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Listen, you know what? We've got to get a poll going here because I, I personally, I feel like they, they just have to be part of it. Yeah, because you know what you don't have is sweet and sour chicken. You don't have part of your Chinese, do you? No, I don't. You know what? I don't mind sweet and sour chicken, but it's not something that I could eat every Friday when I'm ordering my Chinese. I couldn't do it. Oh, bow, oh, bow. See, and this friendship was going so strong. I know. But look, I want to know a bit bit more about you, because obviously we met, and I was like, you're really interesting. So I wanted to just basically spend a bit of time to get to know you, if that's okay. So let's go back to your childhood and build our way up to the Bell Hassan that we see today. So you grew up, Karen and Tamar are your parents. You grew up in Chislehurst in Kent. What was your childhood like? My childhood was great. I mean, I've always been a little brat, always. I never wanted to share my toys with anyone. I've got a little bit better as I've got older. But, you know, like, I went to a private school from nursery to about year seven, so I was about 12 which I kind of felt like I didn't really fit in. I mean, the girls were all very in competition with each other, and it was kind of, it was it was really actually not a, not a very nice place to have gone to school. There was a lot of, like, nastiness. It was an all-girls school. I mean, you can understand how girls can be sometimes. And I felt, for me, like, 
I didn't really like all that. I was kind of, I just, I hated it. You know, I was always brought up around my brother and his friends. And I was kind of like one of the, one of the boys. So for me, I never really got on there. And then I moved to America with my dad for work, with my mum and dad. And I loved it there. Like, I went to a mixed school for the first time. I loved it. I was the only, like, English girl there. Everyone was American with their accent. So I was, like, most popular. I just loved it. It was great. And then when we came back, I went to a mixed school. It was a state school this time. And I just loved it. I felt like I got on better with everyone. There was no one that was stuck up. So, yeah, I mean, I've moved around a lot. So your primary school was Farrington School. Was that a boarding school that you boarded at or were you just there as a day student oh no i would never be boarding i couldn't do that i couldn't be away from home i would have like a breakdown i would have a full-on breakdown so yeah no i just i just went in the daytime but was that did you notice that split between those who boarded and those that didn't was that where the divide started because not that necessarily it was about wealth but it was the fact that with a night gang you know we're all having our dinner together and yet you're going home and you're going back to your family and partly we can't go back to our family because they don't really want us. And secondly, well, we're all friends. You know, we're sleeping together, whereas you're not. Do you know what? I think with the the boarding school is actually very separate. So all of the girls in my classes, they were literally just just going to the day. So they actually didn't didn't board there either. I think there was only maybe one or two that actually did board there. Um, Farrington's actually has a lot of students from different countries. There was a lot of girls from China coming over to study, from like Europe, from everywhere. So it actually wasn't a lot of the UK students that were boarding. So what did you learn about yourself, I presume? It's very hard to look back at your primary school, but the fact you were brought up with so many different nationalities, did you like? Did that put you in a certain way? Do you know what? I, I really love that. I really love that, you know, I've, I've got to see so many different cultures, you know, my dad's Turkish, so I've always kind of, even with my mum being English and my dad being Turkish, I've, I've always had, like, a very open mind on different cultures and I've always loved seeing different cultures with how my mum's family is, how my dad's family is, and then visiting family just everywhere, really. Like, you know, and spending so much time, especially with my nan on my dad's side, you know, learning about different foods and things. I, I just, I love different cultures. I love that, you know, even living in America... It's seeing such a different way of of life. Like, it's, it's just, I just love it. I really love that. It's just really interesting for me. Oh, massively. And it's the different cultures that you're part of. It's not one. And obviously, being in a Turkish family, predominantly, there's a very much a matter-of-fact way of life there. You know, the community aspect. And obviously, as you said, you came back to England. You then went to Cooper's School, which is a school in Kent as well, which is based on trust and respect that inspires resilience, ambition, and success for all, according to its website. So well, I don't know about that, but you know, <laughs> I don't know about that. It wasn't probably the best school, but you know, done the job. I'm alright. Turned out okay. <laughs> well, you did. No, you did. Now, uh, why? Why was it not the best school for you then? Do you know what? I feel like for me, it. I feel like I just lacked a lot of support there, and I think that they kind of. I. I mean, my year especially was very naughty. Like we had quite a bad year at school, and I just. Instead of sort of helping, I think, find what's right for each student, I think they were very just like, do your work, get this done, da 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 Like, just trying to push a grade. And I think for somebody like myself, who is, I'm quite, I'm going to say rebellious. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I'm going to say it. I'm quite rebellious. And I think 
when everyone, I don't really kind of want to go with the flow. I want to go against the grain. And I think instead of sitting me down, helping me find what works best for me or what lessons I would be best in, they kind of just try to sort of push you through. Well, you had a very dominant father, I mean, if that's okay to say. Your, your dad, actor yeah, Tamar, yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously we know from the British films, but, you know, that celebrity profile and being a Turkish father, he was quite uh, in control, or let's say, of the family. Do you know what? I wouldn't even say in control, but, yeah, dominant, definitely. He, you know, my dad was so protective when I was growing up. He, My dad's like my best friend, but he is he's so protective, and I think, when I was at school, he would always say, you know, like, your friends always go out, they get the bus, they do this, they do that. Like, you, you have to understand you can't do those things because of my job, you can't do it. And I just didn't get it as a kid. I was like, what? Like, I'm the same as everyone else. What are you talking about? And he was like, you're not. Like, you have to listen to me. Like, when I'm telling you things, you know, oh, God, in the boyfriend situation, God, honestly, I can't even go into that because that was just a nightmare. No boyfriend. As you can imagine, he's a Turkish dad. No boyfriends, you're never having any boyfriends, that's it, no boyfriends. So, yeah, that one was a bit difficult. Well, you, you've had a couple of boyfriends in your time. <laughs> I know, you tell me about it. <laughs> and all, not all those relationships have gone as one would have thought they'd have gone. Yeah, do you know what? With, with my dad, whenever I meet guys, they're like, oh, I bet your dad's really, like, involved in the relationship and I bet, like, if anything goes wrong. My dad kind of, I'm such an outspoken woman that if anything kind of goes wrong before he even knows about it then boyfriends are gone like he rarely has to step in and get involved like rarely ever and my dad's very much like i would never ever get involved in anything unless i feel like you needed me you is, know so he, he's good like that I suppose. is that one of the characteristics that's kind of been instilled in you you know the, the, that's the traits that you've taken from him that almost that i don't stand for any you know sh carry on <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me, I've I've always sort of seen my dad as like not taking any rubbish from anyone, and and not you know he he's a very strong man that like, he stands his ground, and when he means something, he means it. When he says it, he means it. You know, he is such an amazing man that when he gives you his word, that that is it. And I always say to people like, what are you if you have like what what are, what do you stand for as a woman, or what do you stand for as a man if you can't even be trusted by your word? So I feel like, for me, yeah, a lot of a lot of that I've actually taken from my dad. Yeah, I suppose that's that's a good thing he's given me. I remember being really young, and as a dad, when you, it's so hard to deal with, like, and understand if your daughter's like, yeah, I'm going through mental health issues. He's like, what? What, what do you mean? Like, you know, I'm I'm not hard to to do like an outside view. I'm not hard done by. Like, you know, I've always had a great life, but it was something that I was dealing with within myself, and I think. I was talking to my dad about my mental health. I remember being really young and we was in the car just driving somewhere. And I remember he just pulled over and he burst into tears. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, I've never seen my dad cry like this before. What's going on? And he was like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, he was like, I don't even know what to say. And he was like, you know what? As a dad, for the first time, I actually don't know what to say. And he was like, what can I do to help you? He's like, I would hate to ever have you feel like this, like, how can I help? And I think for me, that was such a big thing. I was like, oh, my God, my dad's crying. What's going on? But, like, even at that, hearing stuff had, had hurt him so much. He was still so much there for me. Yeah. You're, you're men Are you okay to talk about your mental health? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, look, stop me. Stop me at any time that it might trigger something in you, because that's the last thing I yeah, want yeah, to do. 
Listen, uh, I'm not afraid to cry. If I cry, I'm hormonal. It is what it is. We'll go through it. We'll, we'll cry together. And, and let's put a warning out there. Just in case there's something you touch on in this conversation, the Samaritans is an amazing website, samaritans.org.uk. Call them on 116123. I'll give out those numbers and it'll be on the bio of the podcast as well. But that's samaritans.org.uk or call them 116123. So, Belle. Let's go back to when you were 13 years old, because this is where your mental health started to change with puberty, going into an adult school. Where do you want to begin the story? Oh, God, I don't really know. Where do you begin? I mean, when I was younger, I kind of... I'm I'm quite an emotional person, so if I think something, I say it, and I'm quite open, I'm quite honest. You know, in my house, my mum's always actually got a problem, kind of talk to us about it and whatever, whatever, we're quite an open family. So for me, it was it was only as I started getting older. And, you know, as you're, as you're a teenager, you get yourself into a little bit of trouble because you lie to your parents about something or, you know, you have a boyfriend that you're not really allowed to have and you lie to them about it. And then I think a lot of people, men, women, whoever, can be quite, you know, manipulative and can be quite nasty when they don't know how they're dealing with their own feelings. And I think for me, growing up now, I've actually learned how to do with that and that their feelings are their feelings and their actions are their actions and it's not because of you and blah, 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 all of that kind of stuff. But as a young girl, I was very like... I don't even know how to put it. I, I kind of took on a lot of people's problems and the first boyfriend that I had, you know, I was very like... We was like really good friends. We were like best friends. And then I kind of... Ended, he was like, oh, I really fancy you. And then I kind of ended up being with him and that was that, you know, as you do when you're like 13... And I remember this boy, and he was like, I'm going to tell your dad that you've done this and you've done that, and I hadn't done any of these things. And I was I was petrified. I was like, oh, my God, my dad's going to go mad. My dad's going to lose his head. Like, my dad's going to think I'm this person that I'm not. Like, he's going to think I'm this awful person. And I remember sitting in my bedroom like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I just didn't know how to deal with it. And I think, you know, that was that was kind of where it began. And I, I just got myself into a panic. And this is why I say to people, you know, like my little cousin, she comes to me and she tells me her problems. And I'm like, anything that you can tell any of your friends, no matter what, your mum will always love you. No matter what you do, your mum and dad, you might they might tell you off. They might shout at you for 10 minutes, but they will always love you. And they will always believe you because what you're saying is the truth. And you never, ever have to worry that people are going to think you're this bad person. Even if everybody in the world turns their back on you, I always say there will be one person that will stick with you, whoever that might be. And that's all that matters. So never, ever be scared to say how you're feeling or to tell the truth or to, if someone, you know, like I remember getting phone calls from this guy and it was like, if you got, because I, I split out with him, obviously. I was like 13 and I was like, you know what, this isn't for me, I don't want a boyfriend. Like, it was just a, like a silly relationship. And obviously, he, I mean, he went very abusive. And at such a young age, that was so hard for me to deal with. And he just, like, I remember getting phone calls, like, I'm going to kill you. And he was like, I'm going to find you. And my, my sister's going to beat you up. And he's going to do this. And da, 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 da. And I was like, what? Like, what? Like, I can't even remember the whole conversation. Like, I'm just going from, like, basic memory. And I was like, wow, like, this is, this is, like, mad. Like, this is, this is crazy. Like, what is going on? Like, I'm getting phone calls from this guy. And his sister was like, his sister probably didn't even know he was saying it. But she was, like, in her 30s. And I was like, wow, like, I'm going to get this 30-year-old woman coming to beat me up. I don't know what to do. I was absolutely scared to death. Like, I was so scared. And 
I just remember like sitting in with the teachers and they were like, you know, we're going to have to call your parents. And I was like, no, please don't. No, please, please don't, please. And I think it just spiralled from there, really. And then it kind of became a thing of like, I never wanted to talk about the way that I felt because I didn't know how to tell, talk about the way that I felt because I was hiding that I had a boyfriend. So my mum would ask me what's wrong and I couldn't tell her. And then it just became this whole spiral of like, I just hated myself. I felt like I'd upset people. I just, I just genuinely, I hated the way I looked. I hated the way I felt. I just hated myself. I think from there, you know, it was it was an ongoing kind of battle with with, with things. And I eventually ended up telling my mum and dad about this guy. And I was like, look, I, I had a boyfriend. And, you know, they were like, you're so silly. Like, why did you not just tell us that it's not, it's not that big of a deal? Like, what, like, dad was so supportive through the whole thing. He was like, Belle, don't worry, I'm going to deal with it. So my dad obviously spoke to the, the boy's dad and was like, look, He's obviously ringing my daughter, and he was like, "I don't want this to become a problem, you know." At the end of the day, he he's a young boy. Like, I'm not, he was like, what, "Like, what do you expect me to do?" He was like, "I'm not going to go and beat up a 13 year old." Like, what? What do you? What, like, what do you think this is? He was like, "I'm not going to do that." He was like, "I'm going to speak to the guy's dad. Let's just talk about it. It's okay. It's no problem. How are you feeling? What's going on?" And then they they obviously they didn't know really the extent of how like upset I was but you know they they dealt with it and dad you know spoke to his dad and was like look he I, I think he actually spoke to a boy and he was like look can you give me a dad's number I need to speak to him and the guy kind of got really rude to my dad and my dad was like listen here right I'm not going to go into this with you he was like I need to speak to your dad da, da, da. and the, the guy actually gave his dad's number and was like fine my dad spoke to his dad it all got sorted out the guy actually left me alone after that and it was all it was all fine and then it was just kind of an ongoing battle for myself. It was like, I kind of sat there and I thought like, oh my God, that was so silly. Like, why did I, like, I'm so open with my parents now because of that. Like, you know, then I, I've had boyfriends that like, if I have an argument with them, they're like, don't tell your mum, don't tell your dad, you shouldn't tell your family when we argue. Now, if any ladies or anyone out there is listening, yes, there is a certain extent that, you know, you shouldn't say every little thing if you're arguing about the toilet seat being left up. All right, you can keep that one to yourself. But if there is something you want to talk to your friends or your parents about, you should always be able to talk about your problems. And anyone that tells you you shouldn't, red flag. Red flag, always. The idea of communication is so important. And you should be able to, in general, confide with your friends. Maybe not your family at times, but your friends. You should always have that friend who should know everything about you. Never keep something inside because you, you just need to be able to explain it to someone. And someone will understand. If you've got a best friend, they will understand what you're going through. Even if they yeah. can't relate to it, they will understand because it's your version of events. And obviously, we've got your version, their version, the truth. But what's important is your version because your mental health is the most important. Yeah, and, you know, like, I always say to people, listen, like, you know, my friends will come to me with something about their boyfriend. And I'm like, what, what's going on? You know, this this is how how you feel. You know, and then I'm like, right, let's let's think about how you feel. Let's deal with that. And then I'm like, right, what, what's what, maybe, what what's going on in this guy's mind for him to be acting like that? Why would he do that? Like, where, like, you know, I think it's always good. I think even when you're thinking about yourself and your own mental health, that you always look at others and you think, you know, I I question myself a lot. And I'm like, right, is there anything I could have done different in that situation? How would that person be feeling if I spoke to him like this? Or how would that person be feeling if they spoke like that? Why would they be doing this? I'm an overthinker. But you're right in saying that the only thing that really matters to you is, is your mental health and your truth. You know, this, this, however I felt, like I was 13, this guy's 13, whatever he was feeling at that time, he's a young kid, like that doesn't make him a bad person. Like he might have grown up now and, and been like, oh, 
why did I do that? Why, why was I behaving like that? I was young. I've learned from it. And hopefully the next girl that he's with, he will, he will treat like a princess, you know? You say you're an overthinker. How paranoid are you are about the overthinking? Because paranoia and overthinking come to go hand in hand. What do you mean? So I, I get very paranoid. So, for example, I said this last week on the episode that as soon as I send a text message, if I don't get a reply instantly, I get paranoid and think, oh, my God, the worst thing. I, I've offended that person. I've offended that person. I'm paranoid that if I've not got compliments, then it's a bad thing. And so that's me overthinking based on paranoia. But you said that you overthink stuff. So where, where does that overthinking go to? Yeah, I, I, do you know what? I think we're all a bit a bit guilty of that overthinking with the paranoia. Like, you know, we've all sent a text and if someone doesn't reply straight away, you're a bit like, oh my God, have I said the wrong thing? Like, should I have said that? Should I maybe have reworded it? Does that sound... And then you end up reading it back and you're like, does that sound rude or does that sound normal? No, it's normal. No, it's not. It's rude. So I do get that. The overthinking, I think, for me, is just everything. Every situation in life, I am overthinking nonstop, always. 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 Yeah, I think it's it's natural. Now, is it okay to talk about what happened to you again mentally? Just because it's it's, I feel like there's times where, through your experiences, those who are listening will be educated and know the signs for to help themselves or to help other people mm-hmm. if they've ever come across it. So again, if you're okay to talk about it, you're okay to talk about the self harm that you went through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the thing for me, I, I can't even remember where, why, should I say, that even started. I don't I don't remember why. I just remember feeling, I can't remember the specific situation or how or why, but I just remember feeling like, oh, my God, you are an awful person. Like, you know, if, I, if I've upset someone, I'm like, like you know, I, I just I just used to hate myself. It just comes from such a place of, of hating myself. You know, there was no one knew. There was no, like, signs of it. There was no one literally knew anything. None of my friends knew. I mean, I think I told one of the girls. And then I felt bad because I told her, and that's not fair to put that on someone else to make them worry. And, you know, and then I felt bad about that. So I was like, I just don't want to talk about it. And then my mum found out. She actually walked in sort of midway through that. And I was like, oh, no. And it was kind of like... I got to the point where I was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you hurting yourself? Like, why do you not love yourself enough to stop this? What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, there are so much better ways to go and take out your your, your emotions. Like, go to the gym, go for a run, like, clear your mind, watch a film. Like, what what are you doing? I was just sitting there like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? What What is that? Where has that come from? How silly is that? What? Why am I doing that? You know, I remember going through all these these thoughts, and I was like, it just, you, you know, I say to girls all the time. A lot of people reach out to me on DM, and a lot of mums reach out to me, and I'm like, you know what? Whatever it is, it will get better. And that's- hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I only I remember my dad saying to me, I can never promise you what's going to happen in life. But all I can promise you is that every bad situation, it will always get better. You won't be in that situation forever. And it's really stuck with me. And he's right, you know, whatever you're going through, relationship problems, abusive partners, financial struggles, everything, you know, is like a wave. And as soon as a wave comes up, it goes down. When it goes down, it comes up. So if I... If I know something's going bad in my life now, I look at it like, it's not forever, it's not permanent. Next week's a new week. Next week's going to be better. Tomorrow's a new day. And I can get through it. What an amazing, amazing, amazing mindset you've got, Belle. And also how incredible of a journey you've been on to be that headstrong. Because at the time, you weren't feeling like that. I think it's okay to say that Mm. things got bad for you bad for you definitely definitely you know it was a struggle and it was like you know I'd I'd look at this and I it was never like I wanted to commit suicide or I never wanted to to die as such I I never wanted to that I I used to just remember thinking like I just don't want to be here I don't want to be in this situation I don't want to be in this mindset I don't want to be here I don't want to be right here right now and I think sometimes you know that those thoughts can be confused and they can be misunderstood because at the time when I was a kid mental health actually wasn't really spoken about it wasn't really a thing that to me was so confusing I was like what does that mean like I don't want to be here like I don't want to be to me now looking back I'm like I can understand that like I don't want to be in this situation I don't want to feel like this this is this is not where I want to be I don't want to be here but you know to another to a young person maybe feeling like that at that time, they might be thinking, oh, that means that, I, you know, I, I, I want to commit suicide. But no, this, this situation is temporary. Suicide isn't the answer. Never. You know, every situation you can build for it. And I would love young girls and guys who are feeling like this to maybe look at my story and be like, you know what? Actually, if I could just hold on another couple of months, another couple of years or another week or another day, like, it's going to get better. And if she can do it, and now the way I look at life, you know, I look at situations and I I read them for what they are. I try and detach the emotion from it. I feel the emotion. Then I detach it and I'm like, oh, 
that's that because of that, and that's that because of that. I'll talk to my mum, I'll talk to our best friend, I'll talk to our boyfriend, or I'll talk to I'll ring my nan and talk to her, I'll ring anyone and just talk to them. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? Actually, that's a different perspective I've been given. It's not really that deep. And you know what? I can move past this. I'm I'm gonna be all right. Like I'm actually gonna be okay. It's amazing. Now, and like I said, for those if you are listening and you're affected by what you've heard, or you want to have that guidance to know that you know losing your life is not the way. Samaritans.org.uk or call them on one one six one two three. So things got better for you. And uh, to pick it up to speed a little bit, it was two thousand and eighteen, two thousand nineteen, and Love Island came about. So did you apply for the show? Did they come to you? Well, basically, this is a little bit of a funny story. So, I was 21. I had a boyfriend for three years, and I, he was actually a lovely boyfriend. And then all of a sudden, he turned into an absolute, not going to say it, because it's a little bit of an explicit word, but you can imagine where I'm going with this. He cheated on me. And I was like, right, I found out. The girl called me, and she was like, look, I've been with your boyfriend. I'm so sorry. I didn't know he had a girlfriend. She sent me all this information. She was like, my mate even took a picture of me kissing this guy to take the mick out of me. I'm going to send you it. I mean, she sent me the lot. It, you know, it was like she gave me all the evidence on a plate, and I was like, right, okay, this is done. So I split up with him, and then I went to... I, made, I actually was in the middle of an argument with him, and I went, you know what? I said, you know you thought it was funny to go and cheat on me? I went, I'm going to do Love Island now. Obviously, I, I had no idea. Of, like, I hadn't even applied for it, never even thought about it, but I just said it. And then I told my dad about this argument, and then he laughed, whatever. He goes to Ibiza on a trip, on holiday, and he calls me, and I'm like, you are right, Dad? Is everything okay? And he's like, was you serious about wanting to do Love Island? I went, well, I wasn't, but why? What, what you got for me? What are you telling me? And he went, well, I'm sat here with one of my friends, and they know, like, one of the top producers there, so if you want me to put your name forward, like, let me know. And I was like, yeah, go on, do it. And they were thought nothing of it. They called me straight away and was like, we love you, like, we really want to get you on, like, we love you. But, like, I, I was too late in the process to go for the initial lineup. And then, yeah, that was it, really. I just literally went straight straight into it, and that was it. Catherine Moore, that was me. Straight in. So do you think now, in hindsight, if you'd got on that original lineup, would you, first of all, done as well as you did do? And second, would you think your experience would, would have been that much different if you hadn't joined in Castle Because you were the stand-up of Castle Moore, and no offence to the girls that you're in it with, and please, I don't want to offend anyone in that series, but out of that line of the Castle Moore girls, you stood out from them. You know what? Any compliments a good one for me? <laughs> yeah, for that? you, yeah. But for the if you think <laughs> about those who are in it, sometimes there's a series of Casamore girls, and you can kind of go, yeah, they should have had the bit of airtime in the main villa, or they deserved a stronger relationship. But you are the only one in your Casamore in particular. I thought you stand out as a Love Islander, whereas the others, and it's hard for Casamore because you come in and it's like you know the game already, and it's like you're there for fame, even though they all are, but it just feels a little bit more with Casa and Moore in particular because we're so used to everyone else in there already. But you felt like a real, true Love Islander. Oh, I love to hear that, you know. At least I made an impression on someone. Um, you know what? When I initially see the girls for Casa and Moore, I was petrified. I looked at all of them, and I was like, oh, my God, you are so beautiful. Every single one of you are so good-looking. I was thinking, 
please God, let me have shit personalities or something because how am I going to stand up to these girls? They were so beautiful. And every single one of them had a great personality as well. So I genuinely, you know what, for me, doing Casa More, um, my dad was friends with already an agent. I don't know if you know Dave from Neon. He was a really good Dave Reed. Legend yeah, Dave, Dave Reed. He was my manager at the time. And my dad was like, look, my daughter really wants to do Love Island. They're basically thinking about giving it to her. And he was like, yeah, of course, I'll, I'll take her on, whatever. And he just, I remember him saying to me, he was like, look, you're going to be fine. Don't worry. Just do be you. The worst thing that can happen is you get a few followers. He went, what do you want to achieve from this? I said, well, to be honest with you, mate, I said, I've just been cheated on. I think it's hilarious that I'm going to turn up on the screen and he's going to be sat there, probably with a bird, like, and I'm going to just pop up on his screen. So I think it's hilarious. That's why I'm doing it. And he was like, no, come on, business-wise, why do you want to do this? And I said, to be honest with you, I'd love to come out with 30K and I just want a few extra clients for my makeup business and hopefully earn enough money to do something with that and just, just live a nice life. And he was like, all right, cool. I come out with a million followers. I mean, who, like, what? I was like, what is going on? A million followers. Like, a million people want to look at what I'm doing, really? That's cool. I mean, that's great. I just couldn't believe it. I literally could not believe it. Like, a million people. What? Like, it's mad. It's mad. What does a million followers actually mean to you when you break it down you go on instagram i I know this a little bit because i've seen you on instagram in person but when you click on instagram and you click your profile and obviously you've got your grid but at the top it says one million what does that mean to you because i've got two thousand six hundred or so and so that number is very different to a million i don't think about my followers i think oh yeah there's a couple of people that follow me but a million is it's a number i mean to me i was like wow a million followers that is that is crazy like I didn't care about Instagram. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't really take pictures. I didn't really know about it. The only thing I ever did was take photos of my makeup. That was what I was doing. When he said a million, and I remember calling Dave when I got out, and he was like, Dave, have you looked at your phone? And I was like, well, no, I haven't, Dave, because I'm locked out because I forgot my bloody password. And he was like, what do you mean? And he was like, do yourself a favour. He's like, get on one of the boys' phones or girls' phones. And he was like, have a look on Instagram, see how many followers you've got. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. So I had a look and I was like, oh my God, I only wanted 30K. So to me, I was like, that is, that's crazy. But followers for myself personally, in my opinion, they don't, other than they mean, you know, you get great brand deals and things like that, they don't really mean anything. But I've had girls come up to me and they're like, oh, you've got a million followers. This must mean da 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 da. Or like, this must mean that you do really well and that you're really great. And to me, I'm like, I take photos, I wing it on the editing apps, like, I play about with the contrast. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm winging it anyway. I'm doing all right, you know? And that's it. And we'll come to TikTok in a sec because you're amazing on TikTok. You know I love you on TikTok as well, but it's a very different platform to Instagram. With Instagram, and, and it's worth saying as well with Dave, uh, he's done an amazing job with Lucinda as well. Obviously, we know Lucinda went in the last years of Love Island. She's come out. She came out quite early on, and she's done incredible. The standout star of this year's Love Island. So the two of you together are, were a powerhouse for Neon and for Dave indeed. Um, when it comes to Instagram... There's been uh, a big thing about Instagram. First of all, there's the filter side. And you're, as you say, you use the filters a little bit. But Instagram and body image is very important, first of all. How's that relationship changed for you since using Instagram post-Love Island with the way that you look? The thing for me is, like, I don't... It's so hard because I try not to look at Instagram and I try not to... It's so easy to just compare yourself and be like, oh... 
she looks really good in that bikini. I wonder what I'd look like in that bikini. And although you don't think that that's a comparison, it it kind of is. I wonder if that bikini would suit me. Like, it looks good on her. Like, you know, it's, it's a constant comparison. And I think there are girls, and I, I've got friends that do it, and I know so many people that do this. They edit ridiculously to the point where they nearly look like a cartoon character. I never want to be that guy. I don't want to be that person. And this is where it comes into play now that anyone I speak to is like, Instagram is a dying platform. We hate it. Da, 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 da. I love Instagram. I think it's great. But it's not my favorite platform anymore. I feel like it's hard to be yourself on the app because it's so judgy. And it's not, I feel like it's not a welcoming community anymore. It's kind of like, oh, you look ugly in that. She looks better than you. I'll unfollow you. I'll follow her. Well, it's also you know? become a massive business as well and we know that obviously with a million followers a lot of your work is as an influencer which involves you working with brands and we know that there's been a lot more regulation when it comes to instagram you know we know the hashtag gifted hashtag ad those little phrases have become big for using instagram and there's been times where not just yourself if that's okay to say but also other celebrities in the public eye have also just forgotten to write two letters and Instagram have come down on you like a ton of bricks when it's supposed to have been a very clear platform for you to have fun look you're getting paid to do a couple of posts that's absolutely fine you'll post it for them and none be none the wiser but the the regulation of Instagram has become big same as in radio with our you know with Ofcom and swear words yeah. Acer who look after the ASA who look after uh, Instagram which is the Advertising Standards Authority have become big especially in the past year or so when it comes to hashtag ad do you know what? The ASA, right? I'm not I'm not gonna say too much on it, but I feel like because it's relatively new, like you said, just in the last year or so, the the actual the the kind of regulations are a little bit confusing for myself. And you know, Hannah, she'll call me and she my manager now, Hannah from HLD, she will call me and she's like, Bill, like you you forgot to do something. I'm like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When I first come out of Love Island, it wasn't actually like that. So I got used to doing my job, just just whacking things up, just da 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 da. Like, it was just easy. And then all of a sudden it changed and the rules change and this changes and that changes. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't know if I've got to put ad. I don't know if I've got to put gifted. I don't know if I've got to put gifted ad. I don't know if I've got to put not an ad. I don't know what I need to tell people that isn't an ad, is an ad. Like, so I, I, I personally find it quite confusing. And I think with how Instagram is going and, you know, the regulations are still fairly new, I think there are changes to it. So, you know, if people are breaking the rules and things like that, it maybe, maybe they're... I, I can only speak for myself, but maybe they're a little bit confused like I was. So, I don't know. It's, it's all a little bit confusing now. I just, I'm just i just confused all the time. Whenever I'm using Instagram now, I'm like, do I post that? Can I put ad in that? Should I not? So, yeah, I do I do find it a little bit confusing. But I'm, I'm just, I kind of guess and hope that with it becoming such a big platform now and such a big, I mean, there's, there's like hundreds of influencers. So, I'm, I'm hoping with a growing sort of job sector that it's kind of like it, it just gets a little bit more clear over the next few months and things like that and they kind of find their regulations and settings so i completely agree with you and as you said there's so many influencers out there so when it becomes public news that you haven't used the hashtag ad do you feel scapegoated of well, why are they picking on me when there's so many other people who are also not doing it yeah i moan about it all the time <laughs> i moan about it all the time i'm like i'm not doing it on purpose I don't know. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. Please take me off the list. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> sorry. 
Where are you at with Instagram now? Have you sorted your little relationship out? What, with the ASA? Yeah, or with... with the ASA. Yeah, I have sorted it. I have been... I've asked them to send a full list of what I should and shouldn't do. And I've kind of got my head around it now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're on good terms at the minute. I'm behaving <laughs> myself. At least it's not a boyfriend. There's no, there's no arguments there. Yeah, well, if it was a boyfriend, I probably would have dumped him ages ago, but, you know. <laughs> so, look, Belle, 2022, obviously we've not seen you on TV in a couple of years. We've seen your father do a lot of TV in, in that fact. So, where are you at now with TV and your relationship with reality TV? Obviously, we know you as an Instagram influencer now, but where are you at with reality TV now? Because you were approached for X on the Beach, I believe. Yes, I was approached, contracts pretty much almost signed, and then I was just like, you know what? This isn't good for me. You're going to put me on there with a very, very toxic ex. I'm in a good space. I have a great boyfriend. And I am not willing to put that at risk. I don't want to do it. I don't want to put my mental health at risk. Going on X on the Beach for me was like taking 10 steps back within the self-love journey. And it's almost for me, obviously some people get on with their exes, it's great, they want to go there and they want to sort things out, but that relationship went very, very bad, very, very quickly. And at the time of my interviews with X on the Beach, obviously things were fine, we split up and it was okay, and things hadn't gone very toxic. But by the time it had come to that, you know, there was non-stop phone calls, no caller IDs, you know, when they come in, they don't stop for a while. So it kind of went very toxic and it got a little bit too much. And there was a bit of, like, you know, abusive language thrown about, which, you know, everybody does now and then. But they shouldn't. And I just thought, for me, it wasn't the right place for me to be putting myself for my, my own personal reason. I just, I just didn't want to do it. You know, my boyfriend now is amazing and he's such a lovely guy. And I just thought, you know what, I'm not ruining that for that show. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. See, this is what I like about you, Belle, is it's all natural. It's not, right, I'm going to get on Love Island because I want to then do Slebs Go Dating and then I want to go on X on the Beach and then I want to do Eating With My Ex and you know, and follow the reality TV path. You're very natural. You did Love Island for a purpose to get back at your boyfriend. You've come out of followers. Amazing. Where are you at now mentally? Are you happy at the moment? And can you say, yeah, I'm happy? I, I could actually, yeah, say I'm, I'm happy. I mean... Don't get me wrong, I go I go up and I go down, I'll have a good week, I'll have a bad week. But genuinely in, in my life now, I feel like I'm I'm happy. I've got a, I've got an amazing boyfriend, which for me is like like I've I've not had very many of them, so that's great. He's lovely, so caring, he's so so kind. I feel like I'm at a good place with you know, I'm I'm on a fitness journey, which is also like helping with my mental health, like I'm in the gym. I'm training with a, an amazing PT. I tag him a lot on my Instagram, so you've probably seen him. Um, Brody, he is amazing. Like, I am so embarrassed in the gym about sweating, about getting my face going red, like, even about doing lifting weights or anything. And he's made me feel so comfortable. And that is something I could never even imagine that anyone would ever do. I've tried to go to the gym and I just feel embarrassed and never end up going back. And I think going to the gym is, is helping helping me happy. I'm eating the right foods. I'm not eating Chinese takeaway every day anymore. I'm eating good food. So it's, it's all it's all a part of it. I'm drinking two litres of water a day. It's just great. 
Well, you look amazing, Belle, and I and oh, thank you know, you. um, the only thing to to leave on, obviously, uh, because obviously those who'd be listening to this would be, of course, aware of recent events that happened, and I don't want to get in the midst of it, if that's okay. I just want to know, top top line for those that are listening, are you okay now? Yes, I'm okay. Obviously, everyone see the whole saga on Instagram. You know, situations like that actually happen to us influencers. We get a lot of grief from people on nights out. And, you know, you get people coming up to you like, oh, you think you're something because you was on the telly. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. Like, if you knew me, you'd know that I definitely don't think that. So, no. And I try and be nice to everyone. And sometimes in certain situations, when people start, you know, you're only human and... You know, you, you do eventually get into an argument with people or, you know, people do want to, to hurt you physically or verbally and they do want to be nasty to you. And, and I can only put that down to what they're going through within their own lives. And unfortunately, they're unhappy. And we've all been in a, a bad mental state and we've all, we've all been unhappy. But that is no excuse to actually harm another person physically or verbally. So that, that is for them on their self-love journey to work out why they're doing that. Not for me. But hopefully they get that sorted. But I'm good. I'm okay after everything. It was a little bit... I was a little bit nervous after in going out again. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back to the same place and I'm going to conquer the fear of it and I'm going to go out. And that's what I did and I was okay. Bell Hassan there. Oh, that's what we call a journey. What an amazing journey Belle has been on in her lifetime. Obviously, we've spoken about some very hard moments in her life, but you've also seen how she's turned around for herself and followed that positivity. Again, if you're affected by anything you've heard, samaritans.org.uk, call them on 116123. I just love, this is why I love the podcast. This is why I love Sakinia because I get to watch... I get to speak to people that I've watched on TV and just get to know them a little bit more because obviously we know this and I hate this phrase and I, you know, I work in showbiz as a journalist and you know that anyway. And you know that the answer will always be, well, you know, you only get to see 45 minutes out of 24 hours and, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's all edited. That's true. We don't get to see enough. And so when you get to hear someone like Belle from her own mouth to hear the journey she's been on, why she is the way she is, Go on her TikToks now. Go on her Instagram now. See what an incredible, beautiful, amazing person she is. How positive she is. What a journey she's been on. She's amazing. And I really hope in this past episode that you've been able to see that. Because you've been listening to Security and Security with me, Johnny Seifert. And if you've learned something, you've liked what you've listened to, please do go and rate the podcast. Go on to Apple iTunes. Go down. Give it a five-star rating and leave a review. Just say anything, what you thought about the episode. Something positive. Only positive comments, please. And then on Spotify... If you're listening on there, give it a five-star rating as well. It's really important that we spread the word it's okay to not be okay. And thank you for listening. I'm at Johnny C for at Skiddy and Secure Podcast on Instagram. Go and find us. At Skiddy and Secure Podcast, I put all previous teaser episodes up there. Go and check them out. They don't get enough likes and followers, so let's try and get the following up a little bit. Anyway, look, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.